Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us again today, our good co-host, Lucas Jones. Lucas, thanks for joining us. Not a problem, man. So, uh, give us a follow on Twitter or like our Facebook page, which I still don't know much about, but you can find all of our links there and any links to any podcast, links to any uh, posts that we've put up recently, and we have a competition or a not a competition, a contest going on Twitter right now to give away two Cardinal tickets to the Cardinals-Dodgers game next Wednesday on May 31st. So give that a retweet and get in on that. So let's start the show off. The uh, Golden State Warriors advance to the NBA Finals, sweeping the Spurs four games to none, and will likely await the Cavaliers in the Finals. Lucas, what do you think on the Warriors going to their third straight Finals? Not a surprise. They obviously went to back-to-back finals and then added one of the top three players in the game. Um, the Spurs, they were banged up coming in against them. They really didn't have a chance. You kind of thought, you know, they might win one game just because of Popovich, but uh, that game one was the one for them to win, and they blew like a 25-point lead after call. We got hurt, and after that, you just kind of had a feeling that the ball was in the Warriors' court. Oh, yeah, and so there were talks last night after the game about Manu Ginobili retiring, and if he retires, I'll be sad to see him go. Even though then their run in the mid-2000s, I hated him, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, all all three of guys that I ended up liking You know, later on in their careers. I don't know how much Tony Parker has left. He was younger than uh, Robinson and Ginobili both. Well, you mean Duncan and... Or Duncan, I'm sorry, Robinson. He was also Dad. a lot younger than <laughs> lot David younger Robinson than, as well. A lot younger than the Admiral, too. So the one thing that bothered me about Manu the most was that he would never just uh, finally admit that he was going bald and just take the old uh, ra- the razor guard off and just shave his head. Like, I mean... Hey, I, I'm not trying to fault the guy for holding on to your hair as long as possible. Might be an Argentinian thing. I don't know, but with the way they have the angles camera, the <laughs> camera angles for NBA, that's all you could see for a while, just that big bald spot he had. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, man, I, it, it bothered me for years that he just wouldn't just take that, take the blade or take the guard off his razor and just shave it. Mm-hmm. If you get to that point, you just, you got to go for it. Go. No, I'll be there in a couple years, so we'll see. Not me. I'm competing with Clay Travis for the best hair in the business. So, uh, you know, either I think that Manu, you know, this whole era, which the, the Spurs are going to stay competitive because of Leonard, because of LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Patty Mills, but it's kind of the, the full passing of the torch with Tony Parker getting hurt if Manu hangs it up. Uh, what do you think? I mean, Popovich doesn't seem like he cares to go anywhere. He's kind of in that Bill Belichick role. Uh, what do you what do you, what are your thoughts on the Spurs going forward? Popovich is a spur for life, meaning he's not ever going to go anywhere else. When he decides to hang it up, he'll hang it up as a spur. He has a lifetime contract there that could lose sixty games the next three years. And they're not going to get rid of him. They're not going to because he's a good coach and they do have some talent. But uh, uh, it is a changing of the guard, and it started. You know, they've seen it before though when Robinson left. And it was Duncan's team. And then, you know, honestly, the last few years, it was kind of Collie's team. He was the main guy. I mean, Duncan was solid up until he quit. But yeah. you could tell he was starting to age a little. And they're just not ever was a flashy team. But 
they'll still make the playoffs in the West. Oh, yeah. They, they have too much talent. Pop's too good of a coach. But this also means that the Cavs are our last hope to keep the Warriors from winning a title. And if, if that turns out, which I, I hope it's not a bad series, but if it does turn out to be a bad series, then I feel like we just got cheated on an entire NBA season and playoffs because we haven't had anything to look forward to this whole time because we deserve aware. seven games. A good seven a games. thrilling series like last year. And this is a, you know, this is it. This is the best out of three for them. That's not to say neither of the teams can make it to the finals again next year because I believe LeBron will always go to the finals at this point. And the Warriors have a good chance if they keep Durant. Even if they don't keep Durant, they should still be good. But uh, this, we deserve a good series after this because the playoffs has been abysmal. Oh, yeah, and, you know, that was actually in one of my notes here is we've got three straight uh, Golden State, Cleveland. Uh, sorry, Celtics. I, I love the Celtics, but that series is not. But the Celtics did somehow win, though. They're looking at a sweep in the finals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Adam Silver is going to – he doesn't have any hair to pull out, but he will pull <laughs> out Manu's hair if <laughs> – it is a Warrior Celtics finals. Oh yeah, and I think like you said, they could these two teams could very well be matched up next year. The NBA is going to make sure the Cavs are in the finals. Let's not be I mean everyone goes on about how the NBA is not rigged. The NBA may not be rigged or a lot rigged, but it's the most rigged sports league there is if you're comparing them to the other ones. I firmly believe that NBA is super rigged. Yeah, I, I agree, and they, they have to promote their stars, and no, there's not going to be a more star-studded finals than the Warriors. G- yeah, cast. Golden State, Cleveland. And I, so I think we'll at least see one more. Even I think even if Durant goes, unless he goes – I mean, he could go back to Oklahoma City, which I looked at that the other day, and Oklahoma City would have to shred some yeah, salary Yeah, they don't have to, money yeah. for that. Um, but basically – could, theoretically, he yeah. could. Theoretically, he could – go anywhere i guess yeah I mean, go to cleveland if you wanted to yeah and i think shy of him either going back to oklahoma i think even if he goes back to oklahoma city it's still favored to be a uh golden state cleveland rematch i, I think so um you can't ever count the rockets out maybe he goes with the rockets i don't know what their money looks like i did see here's an interesting name i did see that the heat and chris bosh were working out a way for him to just be done with his contract some sort of buyout clearly mm-hmm. they told him he couldn't play this year he felt like he could play because of the lung disease he's got or the it's blood clots right blood clots he yeah. kept getting or whatever so i mean when you look at the free agents that are out there is there any that's going to be as impactful as chris bosh probably not other than kevin durant let's not forget lebron is also a free agent he keeps doing them two-year deals where he can opt out after one year because when the salary cap increases, he can get more money. So he's waiting until the cap gets to about its maximum for a while, and then he'll sign his get big, the, long deal. Get the super max deal. Right. So I don't think he's leaving Cleveland, but I'd give like a 3% chance that he does because you never know, just for a little NBA drama, maybe LeBron's a free agent. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. I think he stays in Cleveland. Uh, I think Kevin Durant could leave, and I think that there is a whole list of places that he could go. And really, that's the only shakeup to the league powers that I could even imagine. Jimmy Butler and Paul George are going to be open for traded, be traded. 
Yeah, but if I mean Neither all of them the, are going to make a difference. Uh, Jimmy it, Butler would make the Celtics better. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with him having the first pick, but it'd probably take that first pick. But to, they also have the first or Brooklyn's first pick next year. Right. So I mean, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, maybe the Bulls would be okay with that because I'm a, I'm of the thinking that the Celtics should keep their pick this year and go ahead and take Fultz, even if they do try to get Jimmy Butler. Okay, let's transition that into another talking point. I, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, I got so wound up to talk about this, I had a little cough there. Uh, I don't think that Markel Fultz is a good number one pick. Uh, I know that there are five guys and a coach and a system in place, but I don't think that if your team goes 9-22 and 22 and loses 13 straight games to end the season, that that you're worthy of a number one pick, that you're going to be a difference maker on a team. I would rather have Lonzo Ball than Markel Fultz. Oh, that's crazy. Don't tell uh, LeVar that. <laughs> Why? Because he would be so excited? No, because... Well, I mean, LeVar no doubt thinks Lonzo's the best in the Oh, he draft, wants to go to the Lakers. But he wants to be with the Lakers. Yeah. That's why the NBA's rigged, because they knew the number two pick the Lakers was going to get Lonzo. And I like Lonzo better than Fultz, too. But I was just saying, I don't think he's going to... I just think Fultz is going to be the guy that goes to the Celtics. But this raises another interesting question. Everyone's talking about how Paul George wants to go to the Lakers and how the Lakers might have some interest. But if you're the Lakers, do you want one year of Paul George then have to work on a contract or a reasonable contract in four seasons of Lonzo Ball? I think, personally, I would rather have Ball and build around his passability. Um, Which, Paul George is a free agent after this year, so the Lakers wouldn't have to trade anything, wait a year, and then just sign him. Exactly. Um, Unless Paul George wants the Indianapolis money because they can offer the most. But I think Paul George has made it clear he wants out of Indiana. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on that note, I think I think it's going to be Falls and Ball is the, the first two picks. Yeah, I, I've seen some different stuff. I think that Jason Tatum and Jackson uh, from Kansas are both going to be really good players uh, in the NBA. But I think that, you know, Everybody is, or Fultz is pretty well heralded, and Lonzo Ball is, you know, the consensus number two right now. So they'll go one, two, and I don't know. I just don't. I think Jimmy Butler would be there for trade for the Celtics, and I think he would improve the Celtics. I just, I don't know. I just know on that, I could make an argument for trade now for Jimmy Butler, but with the Lakers, I don't think I could make an argument for them. And Paul George. And there's a, a good another question to be raised because Isaiah Thomas is also going to be a free agent after this year, and he is eligible for Supermax money. And you saw the Kings trade Boogie Cousins because they didn't want to pay him five years, $213 million. If you're the Celtics, and as good as Isaiah Thomas is, do you think he's worth no $200 million? There's too many guys in the NBA getting too much money. Oh, uh, the, on the podcast the other day, I said there are four guys in the NBA worth that kind of money. Maybe five. LeBron, the old Oklahoma City trio, Russ, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and then probably Kawhi Leonard. Anthony and Anthony Davis. Yeah, Anthony Davis is good. But, I mean, I, 
you know, Russ took his team to the playoffs. Harden made the Rockets a serious contender. Uh, Durant and LeBron obviously are good enough to take your team to the finals. Anthony Davis hasn't shown that yet. No, that's true. He hasn't. And you, he's in a tough spot in New Orleans. He is. He's a big, he's a big, like, he's not Kevin, he's not Kevin Durant big where he's going to score from everywhere no matter what. Like, but Davis is good. He puts up the numbers. So it's hard to say that. I just think you could justify the max for him, especially some of these other guys that are getting max money or, you know, Timothy Mozgov getting four years and $75 oh, yeah. million dollars and things like that. The Lakers are like, do they have any money this offseason? Why wouldn't they make a run for Kevin Durant? I'd watch a team with uh, Kevin Durant as the headliner and Lonzo Ball passing it to him with D'Angelo Russell in the two spot. Yeah, and you could, you know, you could make a case for a lot of places for Kevin Durant because I mean, with those other three guys, I think that really behind LeBron, Kevin Durant's probably the second best player in the league, second most the, impactful player in the league. You think the Clippers are breaking up this offseason or Doc's going to try to give it one more go with his big 3? I think the Clippers have peaked. I think that we've seen oh, as no good as the that. Clippers can be. And in the I mean here, here's here's an interesting way to look at it. As long as that Warriors team is together and LeBron is still in his prime, if you're, I mean, if you can't overtake them, then why not try to rebuild for when they're gone? I mean, you know, uh, Curry is a little bit younger than LeBron. Kevin Durant's 29. So, you know, Durant's got a few more years. Uh, LeBron's got, you know, three to four great years left probably. But, why, what's the point of going to the first or second round of the playoffs every year? Yeah, that's true. Like, maybe the Celtics want Blake Griffin. Griffin yeah. and Horford would be a good... Uh, yeah. Oklahoma City? You know, who knows? I yeah. mean, they would have to They would have yeah. to shred salary. They I looked would. at their salary cap the other day. Did you know they're paying Victor Oladipo almost $20 million a year? Yeah, that's another thing that, you know, I'm talking about these guys that are getting $20 million a year that, whoa, we're not ready for this. Like, yeah. And you're seeing guys in the NBA that's going to get $213 million over five years. Like, holy shit. Yeah. That's massive money. You don't see MLB players get five years for 213 If you're signing a $213 million contract, what was David Price's deal? Like $213 million Yeah. for, what was it, seven, seven. years? Yep. Hmm. This, this salty. This goes into something from the last podcast. And the that salary I'm cap over. in the NBA is still like ninety-eight million, though. Yeah, it's going something. to one hundred two this in, year. In the MLB, there's not a salary cap, but I mean, most teams are around, you know, somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred. The yeah. top twelve teams are, I think. So okay, so I got to ask you this question because this is something I brought up in the last podcast. If the NBA had baseball's true free market rules what do you think lebron james could get per year in salary name is price he i i said he could that he's worth a hundred million dollars a year yeah because you're almost guaranteed a trip to your conference finals if not the finals yeah and nobody sells tickets like lebron the only problem is how much i mean you have to have your owners that want to spend around that and that's something lebron has shown in the last several years of his career is hey, the front office better get me some guys that can play with me. 
Well, after his first stint in Cleveland, and yeah, that was his deal with going back to Cleveland. Was I can't I can get us to the finals and losers the Spurs by myself and Larry Hughes, but I got to have more than Larry Hughes if you want to win a championship. St. Louis shout out right there, Larry Hughes. He's the only guy I can remember on that team that they lost the Spurs in the finals. Uh, I think it was Larry Hughes. They had that guard. Yeah, Mo Williams. Williams, No, it was Mo Williams. He was Zydrunas Legauskas. Yeah. Who uh, was playing on like – he had like seven surgeries on each ankle for the first ten years of his career. What was the crazy-haired guy's name? Sasha – no, Anderson Verjao. Anderson, yeah, Anderson yeah. Verjao, yeah. So that, I think that's going to wrap up our talking basketball for the day. So in, in getting into baseball, we were in a poll yesterday on Twitter and asked which surprise team has staying power between the Brewers, Rockies, Twins, and Diamondbacks. The Brewers, the Rockies, and the Twins were all in first place in their division, and the Diamondbacks were a game behind the Rockies. And the Rockies ran away with the poll results, results coming in at 68%. And clearly most of you all have been listening to our podcast and have been paying attention because we're the only people in the, I'm going to I'm going to say it. We're the only people in sports media that have been behind the Rockies from day one. Yeah. Um, even before day one, that was so a preseason preview. I know in our, in our previews, uh, touching on these four teams that, you know, while we got deep into them and mm-hmm. we said that the Rockies were very impressive and we thought they could do good things this year. Yeah. These other three teams we talked highly of, too, have had the potential yeah. to do better than what we thought, especially the Brewers, because I, yeah. you know, I remember saying, take the over on them, whatever Vegas set their win, win total at. Um, and the Diamondbacks. In the, yeah. the Diamondbacks, we talked about their new leadership, their new commandrel. They made some trades that made their team better. And then the Twins, we talked about how Pakoda liked the Twins a lot better than anybody else. And we made the argument for them. Now, as far as the staying power goes, it's clearly the Rockies right now. Their young pitching is holding up so far. I don't expect their young pitching to hold up, you know, through September and October. That's why I think they will have to make a trade, and I think they will. Um, The Twins, their pitching, that's not going to carry them much further. We should see them starting to tail off. They'll probably trade Irvin Santana just to get more pieces. They got a brilliant front office there, so they know. Well, all these front offices are brilliant now because oh, absolutely. All these Theo Epstein type guys, uh, Ivy League nerds. educated nerds, <laughs> and so. I, and then when it comes to the Diamondbacks, are we talking about some guys they might be selling? They're talking about trading AJ, AJ Pollock. Yeah. And so he's arguably the second or third best offensive player on their team and not a bad glove. So, and you know, it's not the wrong move for the Diamondbacks. I think they they know the Dodgers are, they're deep. They got room for a trade. They got some guys that are coming back um, to be healthy. So I think the Diamondbacks are being realistic. They're like, we're going to let the Rockies do their thing this year. The Dodgers are going to be there. The Giants are trying to creep back in. If we can make some trade for a few guys just to get better in a few spots and build around Goldschmidt and Jake Lamb and maybe get a few younger arms, yeah, I think they're looking to they're looking for the next three or four years, not just this year. Um, so that's why, you know, I voted for the Rockies, obviously. They have the most staying power. Oh, yeah. The Brewers' offense, crazy good. Love their offense. And they still got, you know, Domingo Santana, one of their top prospects, playing good. Their top prospect, Lewis Brinson, is tearing up AAA. He's ready if they could find a spot for him. 
because they like Keon Broxton. They got Domingo Santana in the outfield and Ryan Braun. So they really don't really have a place right now for Lewis Brinson. Oh, but, yeah. So the don't count the Brewers out. I mean, they could be a surprise team. They have the pieces to make a trade if they wanted to try to compete with the Cubs and Cardinals the rest of the way. Yeah, and I saw what an awful spot that their great start has put their front office in because their front office doesn't believe that their rebuild is complete. and But they're playing well enough that they're going to force them to be buyers rather than sellers if they keep up playing at this rate. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, they're in kind of the Diamondbacks position. Let's, you know, I still think they should make it, they should trade Braun. Um, the question now is I was promoting a Braun for Puig trade. They don't need Puig. Yeah. They got a good outfield. So if they want to keep Braun, they can make an argument for it and just have four outfielders on the team. Or they could trade Braun for pitching if, you know, someone wanted two i don't know why anyone would bronze a 10 and 5 guy now so he can veto any trade yeah so it's tough it's going to be an interesting summer to see what a few of these teams are going to do yeah absolutely so i saw that mark reynolds is leading all of baseball and rbis at the start of this podcast that is not the surprising fact the surprising fact i found was that mark reynolds is only 33 years old it seems like he should be much older than that yeah and i looked he came up in 07 with uh the diamondbacks and well, I was pretty young when he came up. Yeah, I mean, he was what? That's been, been 23, 23 at least. Yeah, and I mean, he came up and he came roaring out of the gates. He hit he hit over 40 that one year. Yeah. And oh, he's always had the power. He strikes out a lot. Oh, a lot. Um, But, man, what a sweet deal to Rockies. Hey, we'll give you $2 million to come back. Boom. Ian Desmond goes down. We need first baseman. You got Mark Reynolds. Now they're like, well, David Dahl's been hurt. So they're able to put Desmond back in the outfield. And Ian Desmond's just, hey, just play me anywhere. I'm a team guy. I really like that about him. So, I mean, this Rockies team, they they got the offense to go. And their young pitching, Kyle Freeland, Jamin Marquez. Mm-hmm. Who's these pitching guys, another you know, good game tonight. Yeah. Um, John Gray's going to be back at some point this summer. Yeah. You know, Chad Bettis, uh, I don't know what his status is, but I think he – I seen on Twitter last week maybe he finished his last round of chemo. I was so gonna say I saw that same hopefully, thing. Hopefully, you know, hopefully the cancer's back down in remission and he can start yeah. throwing. Maybe he'll be ready by like I said, I think they're gonna need some they're gonna need some more pitching come September to get him through and get these guys, you know, into October. So if they can get Bettis back, you know, even if it is September, who cares? That's a few more innings you can save arm, you know, innings with. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I know we have a few listeners that are Dodgers fans, and we have a lot of listeners that are Cardinal fans, and they're getting ready to open up series in Los Angeles starting tonight, and we are recording this on Tuesday, in case you're listening to this later on in the week. And uh, so, on about this series, who do you think needs this more? The Dodgers are currently sitting in third in the NL West. The Cardinals had a bad week last week. Uh and I was looking at some of the starting pitching matchups. They're going Kershaw versus Lance Lynn, Rich Hill versus Mike Leake, and Kente Meta. I can't say his name properly. I apologize. Versus Michael Waka. Who needs a series more? Well, with the Dodgers being in third place, I want to say the Dodgers need it more, but really it's the Cardinals because the more wins they can get to press on the Cubs, the better. At the same time, they could use a good series win against – a good team. Um, the Dodgers, we know what they're going to do. They're not going to be in third place 
the rest of the season. They yeah. got Logan Forsythe coming back. Cody Bellinger's going to get full playing time now. He's a stud. Jock Peterson's back are going to be coming back. Um, they got pitching. Alex Wood's pitching great. You got Kershaw. Rich Hill, they're going to – I don't know what they're going to do with him. They're, I heard they're going to, like, limit his starts again or something, maybe move him to the bullpen if they have to because he keeps having blister problems. Um, and they got all these young guys that they can make a trade for if they need to go out and get a Chris Archer or Sonny Gray or somebody else. So the Dodgers have no reason to panic. Them and the Cubs are kind of in the same spot. Yeah. There's no reason to panic. So I think the Cardinals honestly has the best case for needing – you know, two out of three here or a sweep. Yeah, and I I wrote in the power rankings on Sunday, uh, one of my teams on the decline were the Cardinals, and it was for the same reason that you just said. If the Cubs are struggling, you know, early in the season, the Cardinals need to win every game they can because eventually the Cubs are going to be the Cubs again. And so the Cardinals need to build some sort of a lead, put some space between them. They just need to win games. And you look at the – we've talked about this before. Look at how their season ended last year, you know, one game out of the playoffs. You have to win games, especially when you had the starts last week that their starters had. I don't know. I, I think that, that they need this pretty bad. I agree. So I have a kind of a hot seat question for you here. Who do you think is in worse shape going forward, or maybe we should put a better spin on that? Which fan base should have a, should have a better outlook on their season? The Mets at 18-24, and 24, they're uh, seven and a half games back of the Nats right now, and they've had questions, you know, with the whole Harvey incident, uh, Thor, uh, Steven Matz, or the Giants at 20-26, and 26, sitting nine games behind our Rockies without Madison Bumgarner until August. If I had to pick a team that has a better chance of still winning their division and grabbing a wild card, I think I'll pick the Mets. I I just, the Giants just, they got a good start out of tie block last night against the Cubs. But as we, before we started this podcast, the Cubs were dominating Johnny Cueto. Uh, I mean, Schwarber. Rizzo and Jay Hay all hit home runs off of him the first four innings. And Matt Cain did not look very good. Matt Cain hasn't looked good since he pitched that perfect game like five yeah. years ago. So, I mean, the the talent's there for the Mets. They just can't stay healthy. They got, you know, they'll have Cespedes coming back, and Jay Bruce is hitting dingers. Michael Conforto's hit like 15 home runs in the last two and a half weeks. Wow. Um, I like the Mets' chance. I don't like either of their chances to get in the playoffs right now. The National League is bottom heavy. <coughs> That's why I don't think Cardinals fans should even worry. I'm pretty sure making the playoffs are going to be easy for them. I think it's going to come down to the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Nats winning their division. And then it's going to be Rockies. Well, Rockies win the division, let's say. Yeah. The Dodgers and Cardinals teams that are going to the wild card teams yeah because what do the brewers do that's not to say the brewers and diamondbacks can't stick around and grab that second wild card spot it just depends what they want to do but i'm kind of like thinking that maybe they should sell on this year because i think they know they have good teams but they don't have a good enough team yet yeah so that's why i'm saying like the mets dug themselves a big hole and the giants did that's not to say they can't get back in it but i think the playoffs is almost set I just think now yeah. they're just playing out the rest of the season. 
Yeah, and uh, talking about teams that have had pretty bad starts, the Pirates. Yeah, interesting team. I think they have to sell. Yeah. You... I think they got to see. Well, McCutcheon's not even playing that good, so I don't even know if they can get anything from him. They'll probably have to wait to the winter to trade him. But they said the Astros and the Yankees are interested in Garrett Cole, so I think they have to get. I think they have to trade him, unless they somehow get back in it. But Italians fighting cancer now. Yeah. Glasnow has not lived up to his hype, which I still think he's going to be good. He just ain't lived up to it yet. He's real tall, like Randy Johnson tall. Them guys have a harder time adjusting to the big leagues because oh, yeah. they can't repeat their mechanics quite as well from pitch to pitch as smaller guys. So they could get back in it, but I'm thinking they're small market. They should trade. Yeah. They should trade what they can. They don't have to trade everybody. Jung Ho Kang's not allowed to come back from Korea because he's got like eight DWIs over there. <laughs> They're not going to issue him a passport or visa or whatever to get back over here. Um, Marte obviously out for half the season. Yeah. Polanco, after a fantastic WBC struggle. Josh Bell's hitting okay. So I think the Pirates are probably going to have to take a step back and maybe see what they can get for Kutch and Garrett Cole. And probably Tony Watson, their closer. Yeah, and so you you said they shouldn't sell everything, and I heard sell everything, and that had me <laughs> thinking about the Royals and uh, how they should sell everything, not name Dan Duffy or Salvador Perez. What are they waiting on at this point? No idea. Um, I think what they're waiting on is attendance, ballpark attendance. Yeah. Um, once you start selling and triggering that you're going to sell – Every team's afraid their attendance is going to drop. Likely it will. The World Series, the two World Series teams, that's starting to, you know, come off a little bit, like wear down where the fan base ain't as excited. They're not playing good baseball. So, you know, at this point, I would jump on the market. You don't have to take a deal, but you could start talking to teams and saying, hey, what do you want? Like, you know, probably waiting on Hosmer's a good if he could get hot. Yeah. Waiting on him would be a good thing. But if someone wants a shortstop or someone that needs a center fielder like third baseman. the Giants or the Red Sox need a third baseman, Giants and Nats might need a center fielder. Um starting pitchers. The Nats need the Nats need a closer. Uh, you know, everyone's connecting David Robertson to the Mat the Nats. If I'm the Royals, I'm calling up Mike Rizzo the GM of the Nats right now and saying, hey, what can we do? I don't think the Nats are going to get rid of Victor Robles, even if the Royals offered Kane and Herrera. Uh, I don't would... think they're going to. That would be ideal for Kansas City. Yes, it would. But I just don't see – I think the Nats are pretty reluctant. Like, they don't want to trade everybody from their farm system. Although, using the old Theo Epstein motto from 2016, if not now, win yeah. for the Nats. We've exactly. Talked, the Nats have been a World Series pick for the last six seasons. You know – Time to put up or shut up. No doubt. And they did extend Bryce Harper one more year. Well, they're just paying him more for the year he's already going to have to be on the team. Yeah. But they're paying him a lot trying to sweeten the pot for him. See, uh, on a podcast or two ago, I said trade Bryce Harper in this winter. Now I don't think they're going to because they went ahead and gave him, you know, 20 some million dollars for next season. So now they're just hoping that maybe, you know, don't count them out on extending Bryce, which would be the right move if Bryce wants to stay and they want to pay him. But, man, they got Scherzer and Strasburg, and they need a closer, 
and they got a pretty I mean they'll have a pretty good shot so go for it but I understand why they don't want to trade Robles but man so an interesting note on the Bryce Harper thing I saw that after the uh the the raise they gave him for next season that with the amount of money he's made through his career if he were to sign a 400 million dollar deal that then he would make the exact same dollar amount in his career that A-Rod did. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> like, he that's could, I mean, he's got a higher ceiling than A-Rod. I hate to say it because I love Alex Rodriguez. I think Bryce has – I'm not saying he's going to. I just think his ceiling's higher. Yeah, I, I look back at his numbers from two years ago, his MVP season. They were phenomenal. But, uh, you know, if we – if you see – why I have this hard time paying anybody not named Mike Trout that kind of money because Mike Trout has done it every single year five full years in the big yeah. leagues Mike Trout has three second place MVP finishes and two MVPs Look, but everybody always says Mike Trout's the best player in the game but Bryce Harper has the highest ceiling that doesn't mean he's gonna I mean you're taking a gamble on is he gonna reach his ceiling and I don't know I love Bryce Harper. I love Mike Trout. I think I do. I'm one of them that think Harper's ceiling is through, I mean, is the highest there is in a game. Um, and that's not a knock on Mike Trout or Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant or anybody else. That's just someone's going to pay Bryce Harper a shitload of money. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But here, I would rather pay $400 million for 10 years of what you know Mike Trout is than $400 million of hoping that Bryce Harper hits that ceiling. I mean, that's a great point. But there's only one Mike Trout, and everyone's going to try to, you know, you can only, I think, whatever Bryce Harper gets, you are going to be able to make the perfect case that Mike Trout should get more. Is that going to happen? No. Not, well, it could but when Trout's deals up with the Angels, he's going to be older than what Bryce Harper is after next year. Yeah. Um, so I just thought of this just right now. It just popped into my head. Why, why would the Nats not try to get McCutcheon at this point? They could play some center, but he's got he's got another year left on his deal. So next year, you got Bryson right, Eaton in center, and you'll play McCutcheon in left because Worth's deal's up after this year. So, I mean. Yeah. Would you rather have... A, McCutcheon, or if you had to get rid of Robles, let's say if you had to get rid of Robles, would you rather have McCutcheon or Lorenzo Kane? And which I guess they both have closers. Kansas City and Pittsburgh both have closers they can move. Herrera is probably better than Tony Watson, but if I had to trade Victor Robles, I am, I'm taking, uh, I'm taking McCutcheon and Watson. Yeah, I'm taking Kane because and you're going to get because you're going to get well, you're going to get one more year of McCutcheon yeah. instead of a few months. And well, I I think Herrera's got. I don't think he's a free agent. Herrera's got year. two more years left on. And I don't even know if Tony Watson's a free agent though. I mm. I would have to know that, but you could make the case either way. Um, I ultimately I don't think they're going to trade Robles. Should they? Maybe you can make a case for it. Yeah. I had one more question to you for you. This this has gone longer than you know our normal podcast, but we've had some really good back and forth. So I'm just going to let it roll on. The Marlins have had a horrible year. Uh, Stanton's deal is mammoth. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm guessing that Yelich and um, Ozuna are both pre-arb players. Yeah. 
What, what, what do they do going forward? Keep them is what I say. Here's the thing. Looking at the total number of stand, the, the number that he's getting is mammoth. But right now he's on a reasonable deal because yeah. it's a backloaded contract. But by the time that back part gets up there, it's going to be reasonable. That's my case for Jason Hayward is, you know, even though he hasn't lived up to what you expect someone with $180 million to get, well, in four more seasons, when a whole bunch of outfielders that are the same value or whatever is making as much or more, you're going to look back and be like, oh, it's not too bad. But I like a good front-loaded deal. That <laughs> way you just swallow the pill and then you don't have to pay him as much. Well, every front end. office would rather do that, but yeah. the players don't take that. So, But the, here's the thing with the Marlins. I think they, there's still some layover effect of Jose Fernandez getting killed. The team's for sale. That's a huge, you know, that's just a huge worry. Even even for baseball players, think about if your company's up for sale or anything like that. You start thinking, you start wondering about your job. Of course, yeah. these guys don't have to wonder about their job, but there's that added pressure of this team's for sale. Now, if they traded some of the money off their books, would that be more attractive in a sale? Probably, because then the team could come in and start fresh. But if I'm a guy, if I'm Derek Jeter and... Jeb Bush or whoever who's Jeter's that who's Jeter's team supposed to be teamed up with? Yeah, and I just love it. Low energy Jeb Bush. <laughs> but I, I love that too. I hope he gets it. I hope Bush and Jeter get it. I think I'm more comfortable buying. Of course, they're gonna have to have a money guy. That's the thing. Both of them guys have millions. They ain't got enough to buy a team. They're gonna be sinking. Jeb in. doesn't have. Jeb's got millions, but he ain't got a billion dollars. He's got Grandpa's. Dad's oil money, mostly his grandpa's, but yeah, I guess. But Jeb ain't got money to buy a team. He's wanting to be involved with the team. He's been governor of Florida. He lives in Florida. People love him down there. Everyone loves Derek Jeter. They're wanting to be the faces of the team, kind of like how Magic Johnson was the face of the Dodgers buy, even though Magic Johnson didn't have billion billion dollars. Two billion dollars. So. They're wanting to be the faces, but if I'm Derek Jeter and Jeb Bush, I would rather buy a team that's got your outfield set because I'm of the belief that the Marlins have, you know, one of the top five outfields in baseball. Um, they need pitching. Their infield's not bad either. JT Romilto, yeah. you know, he can he he's can good. rake, yeah. Yeah. Um D Gordon. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know. He's okay. I like I like uh he's a Danny. Better when he was juicy. But yeah, Hecaveria. Yeah, I, I think he's got a sweet um, glove. Yeah. So th- their thing is just their pitching has let them down. They they signed some big, not big free agents, but they signed it. They got some bullpen pieces to trade. They're going to have try to have a good bullpen, but Wien Chin's been hurt. May not even pitch the rest of the year. Um, they signed him to a pretty big deal, um, and then some of their other pitching. Obviously, without Fernandez, there was a huge hole there to try to fill. Edison Volquez started the season okay trash right now so the marlins i'm holding pat i'd trade you know someone wants one of my starters trade them if someone wants my bullpen trade them their farm system's kind of crap but i'm keeping i I know you're paying stan a lot but i'm keeping them unless they get blown away i mean if the dodgers come at them with you know uh an arm and a couple of their good prospects it'll make the trade bell singer I, I would have a hard time not trading anybody under 25 for Yeah, him. if I'm the Dodgers, I'm, I'm keeping Bellinger. 
holy cow, I'm keeping him. Man, that, that guy can rake. rake. And now, see, that's what I was telling you earlier for the podcast about Ian Happ. He's supposed to come up for two games, but he played so damn well, and he can play so many positions like so many other guys on the Cubs. I'm like, I was ready to trade him two weeks ago to get some pitching for the Cubs, and now I'm like, nope, keep him. Let's ride out what we got. <laughs> we'll trade if we got anyone else in the minors to trade that's not named Eloy. Trade him. Trade whatever else you need to, Theo, to get some pitching. Keep Ian Happ. That kid is a stud. So, last note before we hop off. The Cardinals traded one of their uh, magical trade chips in Matt Adams. I don't know how they'll ever get this Mike Trout deal done now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always hear, you always get, once you get rid of that Matt Adams, Matt Adams and Wong for Charlie Blackman, that's a good deal. <laughs> Adams and Wong and Carpenter for Trout and every every fake trade that has been spread around for like a year and a half now has had and Adams, Adams and, and Wong. Wong and they're the two least liked players on the Cardinals team and now and Adams got traded everyone's like cool that's awesome but now I'm starting to see some people on Twitter starting to wonder well now we don't have a left hand power bat on the bench did did you before you traded Matt Adams. I mean, you can make the argument, but no, not really. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's one of the things where when you like a team, you value your guys more than what other ones. But what I keep telling people is like, let's trade Wong. Let's trade Adams. I'm tired of them, how they play. They're not, you know, well, you're not the only ones that can see how they play. <laughs> there are far smarter baseball guys running the baseball teams that know how they play. Like that are that's what they do for a living. So they got what he was worth. I do love it that you're like, man. You know when, uh, of course, Wong had goes through stretches, but whenever he was struggling, Adams was struggling. You had like five hundred thousand Cardinal fans were like. We're going to pull one over on the Rockies. We're going to get Charlie Blackman for <laughs> these two. That's all you heard last <laughs> summer was Adams. And, and, you know, the Rockies are like, thank God we didn't do that because we got Mark Reynolds, who used to be a former Cardinal. You know, the Cardinals, would kill, the Cardinals would kill for Mark Reynolds right now playing first base for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, man. Not that anything's wrong with Carpenter, but, you know, move him back over to third or second or somewhere and have – Major League leader in RBI, Mark Reynolds. Yeah. Of course, a lot of that is Coors Field, so let's not get crazy. But Mark Reynolds will still probably strike out 150 times this year, so I know that gets oh, on Cardinals least. fans' nerves. At least 150 times. I mean, Chris Bryant, What he? how many times did Oh, 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 we have one more note we almost forgot to hit on. Lucas, I'm going to let you bring this on because this has been your theory for like five years now. Starlin Castro will surpass 1,200 hits this season he's he already, already over 1200 oh. well i looked at his stats like a week ago and he was like 15 shy so he's probably had a good week which i should know he's on my fantasy team but um i've been saying for years that he's got a chance at 3,000 hits um and i mean this just proves it you calculated it the other day didn't you like he needed 10 more seasons of, 10 more seasons if he kept his career average if he up. kept his career average which he's gonna get that he's like 27 yeah that would put him through like age 37 so if he's entering his prime right now which i've said several times on this very podcast that mlb players statistically hit their prime at 26 27 years old if he can bump his career average and hits up you know he could even get there in nine seasons it's you know you don't you know, it's not out of the realm. Stay healthy. It's not out of the realm. Now, does that put him in the Hall of Fame? Because I think 
my thing with the Hall of Fame has always been if you reach these magic numbers, you're not a Hall of Famer. And Starlin Castro would probably be that first test case of, well, he's got these numbers, but he's not what you think of when you think of a Hall of Fame player. Ultimately, I think if you get 3,000 hits in today's, you know, whatever, you have to put him in. Because when he retires, he's going to be part of that group where there's not a ton of Hall of Famers. Yeah. I think. So, I think with 3,000 hits, you get in on it. I'm trying to think who to compare him to with 3,000 hits, but not really that great in numbers. Craig Biggio. That's probably the closest that comes to mind. And he didn't even get in on his first try. So, I think ultimately, if Castro gets 3,000, he will get in. I still remember when he came up. I mean, he had, he had like four or five hits his very first game. Yeah. So... I, I would make the case for if Starling gets 3,000 hits to put him in the Hall of Fame because with the way modern baseball is, I think if you hit any of those milestone numbers that you should be in. Especially be- now. Yeah, because not that many guys are going to get five. I mean, I think that they that with the analytical side of baseball, that they're learning that you don't have to keep guys in the league whenever they start to go on the decline exactly. i mean so there's going to be guys with 2800 hits that may get on if their value is determined yeah. to be like it's just changing and by the time castro gets eligible for the hall of fame in you know 17 years yeah you know maybe 15 maybe 12 who knows guys might be going more off war and if that's the case he's definitely not going to get in because those numbers will still be good. there um but castro i mean i've always loved him I hated to see him go, but, I mean, Theo knows what he's doing. And I think Castro's adjusted to being a full-time second baseman now. He's on a team that's up and coming. Joe Girardi's a good manager for him. I think him and Joe probably didn't get along the greatest because Joe's not much of a disciplinarian like Girardi. And Castro's the type of guy that needs some discipline. And he's and, and Castro's getting a chance now to be to learn for some veterans from CC and Matt Holiday, who's really helped that team out. Yeah. Getting to learn from them some, and then he's going to be able to help some of the younger guys that come up. So I think Castro's having fun for one of the first times. He played on bad Cubs teams. Yep. He didn't have veteran leadership on them bad Cubs teams by design. It was him and Rizzo out there by themselves for a couple of years with just a who's who of players passing through darwin barney <laughs> darwin Bar- barney brian lahare yeah uh so i don't know i mean castro will never be the best player in the league probably will never be the top 50 best players in the league but he's someone that i'm going to enjoy following the rest of his career just because from the cubs fan aspect and hey here's a guy that no one talks about but he's gonna have a sneaky chance at three thousand hits yeah and uh, so when that day comes, hopefully our podcast is still going. Maybe, you know, I mean, that's a long time from now. Maybe we have a national radio show by then. No, maybe I'm on Fox Sports. <laughs> maybe we take over uh, Dan Patrick's slot when he retires. I would do that. Come in after Clay Travis and lead into Colin Cowherd. Yep. But, all right, everyone, that's all we got for today. Uh, once again, uh, get in on that Twitter contest, win, uh, win some free Cardinal tickets. What can be better than free baseball? Even even if maybe you're not a Cardinals fan. Like and share or retweet or whatever. Yeah. Win you, win you some free tickets. Yeah, absolutely. And tell us what you think. Uh, we always love feedback. Been getting a little bit more of it here recently. And so, like, like Lucas said, uh, if you see one of our links and you like it, uh, retweet it. Tell us what you thought. Tell us where we were right. Tell us where we were wrong. We, we love to interact with everybody. 
So for Lucas Jones, I'm Devin Keeney. Have a good rest of the week, everyone.